and welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm Rachel Miller, and I'm so thankful that you are here today, and I hope that your week is going well. Today, we are talking about faith, which is a very big, broad word that gets used a lot in um, in the Christian world, but we're going to break it down into just some practical things of what that means for us in life, instead of just throwing it around as some random word. But So first we're going to start in Hebrews 11, which is known as the great faith chapter. And in verse one, it says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Or other versions will say that faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And a couple of other things in Hebrews 11 about faith in verse two It says, for by it, or by faith, our ancestors won God's approval. So that is how people win God's approval. It's not through things that we do, or how we look, or who we are. It's by faith. That's how our ancestors won God's approval. And even says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that's the way to please God is with faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's going back to the definition of faith being things that we hope for and being sure of things that we don't see because we can't physically see God. So to believe that he exists is having faith and trusting in him. So especially with um, my life phase right now with, uh, my husband and I are getting ready to move to Japan soon, uh, which we talked about a couple episodes back, if you want to dive into that a little bit, but with moving to this new country, we still don't have all the details of like the exact date or the exact city we're going to. And we're still like getting ready for this. Like we still believe that it's happening. We're still packing things up. We're getting ready to leave our our jobs that we're at right now. We're saying goodbye to our friends and families for a bit. And it's a really good reminder of the faith and hope that we have of a greater place that we're going to. If you're a believer, your citizenship is not here in the United States or any country in the world. Your citizenship is in heaven and you're just a foreigner and a wanderer here on this earth. It's a temporary time and we want to look forward to that greater place that we're going to. And we can't see what's to come. Just like my husband, I don't know exactly where we're going. And I'm still learning a lot about the culture and language, but still taking action where we're at and trusting in him who is bigger than all the details. In the same way, there's a lot of things in life that don't make sense. And we don't know everything about heaven. We don't know the exact day or hour that Jesus is coming back and when we're going to go see him again. But we know that he always does what he says he's going to do. We know that God is faithful to fulfill his promises and we know that we can trust him. So we can live this life loving people and loving him as he commands us to do. And also in that preparing for the place that he has, he's getting ready for us. So a few things about faith we're just going to talk about is faith in the things that are unseen, faith and action and faith in he who is greater. So first of all, faith in the unseen. Um, After Jesus resurrects 
from um, the grave, he sees his disciples and um, Thomas doubts. That's what he's famous for. But um, because he's not there when Jesus comes to the disciples the first time. And so when the disciples tell Thomas that they saw him, he was like, unless I put my hand in the holes in his hand and in the hole in his side, like I'm not going to believe. And Jesus comes back and he was able to like put his hands in those holes that um, from the nails in the cross and um, where they stabbed Jesus's side. And Jesus tells them that blessed are those who believe even though they don't see. And we want to be those who have faith, even in things that we cannot see. Just like Abraham, who God called to go to this new land and this new place that he'd never seen before, but he believed in God who is greater. And even though he couldn't see the place that he was going, he trusted in God. And a verse that I love going back to is um, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18 say, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so faith in faith is something that we believe in things that are unseen, just like we believe in God who... We cannot physically see what he looks like, even though he's described. We just can't see him physically. We also want to have faith and action. And one of my absolute all-time favorite music artists is Rich Mullins, and he has a song called Screen Door. And it says, It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Faith without works, baby. It just ain't happening. One is your left hand. One is your right. It takes two strong arms to hold on tight. Some folks cut off their nose just to spite their face. I think you need some works to show for your alleged faith. So faith and works go hand in hand. We need both of those. You can say all you want that you believe in God. And you can say that you believe that he exists and all these things. But works is what shows that you actually have faith. So in James 2, verses 14 through 26, we're going to read that little bit here together. It says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily bread. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So going back here a second, we want to remember that faith in Christ is what saves us, right? 
It is by grace you are saved, not by works that no one can boast, is what we've talked about. Even last week we were reading that verse together. But deeds and actions show that our faith is real. We want to remember that actions speak louder than words. And we can say all we want that we believe that God exists. But unless we actually put our faith and trust in Him and walk out our faith, it's hard to show that our faith is real. We aren't saved by our works, but our works show the faith that we have in Him. Continuing on in verse 25, In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. One of my good friends, who is also a dancer, we had these illustrated sermons that we did where we would speak about a passage of scripture, and then we would perform a dance with some of our friends to show the the words that we were talking about. And hers was about faith and trust. And she used these chairs to show how we so easily trust in inanimate objects like chairs like we trust that the chair is going to hold us when we sit in it and yet we have a hard time trusting in God who created us and loves us and bought us with his son and so she uses this illustration of like sitting in a chair and showing that you know we put faith and trust in a chair you can you can stand next to a chair and say that you trust that the chair is going to hold you but if you're just standing there you're not really going to show that you believe that But if someone without words just goes up and sits in a chair, you can very much tell that they trust that the chair is going to hold them. In the same way, are we just talking about how we trust in God or are we showing that we trust in him by our actions and how we live our life? So we've talked about how we want to have faith in the things that are unseen and having action with accompanying, accompanying, (laughs) and we want to have action accompanying our faith, but we also want to have our faith in he who is greater. That is the whole point of our faith is in God, who is the creator of the universe, who is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient. In the great faith chapter, I know I've mentioned this before, but my friend and I were talking about how surprised we were by some of the people who are in this chapter. They did terrible, horrible things, and yet they're included in this chapter where it talks about great faith. And the important thing is not who they are, but who they put their faith in. Not what they did, but in him who they trusted, who is faithful. And that was a really convicting reminder, literally at the next sermon we listened to at church, that It's all about him who is greater, not about us who put our faith in him. The examples that are given are Abel, we've got Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. And there's another list of people who he doesn't have time to share about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets. All these people were living in faith. They trusted in God who is greater than the circumstances that they were in. They themselves were not great people. A lot of them made really big mistakes, but they trusted in God and they were okay living as temporary residents on the earth because they were seeking a homeland that was beyond what they could see. They were looking ahead to the reward 
for the sake of Christ, who is greater than all the treasures of this world. And in the same way, we want to have faith in Him because even though we're living in this world that we can see all the problems around us, we want to remember that He is greater than any circumstances that we face. Just like when Jesus was in the boat with His disciples and there was a huge storm that came upon the ocean, we want to have faith in Him who is in the boat with us more than we have worries about the storm that is around us. In Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27, talks about the story. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So the disciples were on a boat with Jesus. And even though there was a crazy storm going on, Jesus was in the boat with them. But they were scared. They got scared because of the big storm going on. In the same way, we nowadays, the Holy Spirit indwells in us. We are the tabernacle that he dwells in. So he's always with us. And yet these circumstances come up and we get scared about these circumstances that are going on around us, the things that we can see, and we forget the one who is in us that we can't see, who is way beyond all the little circumstances that we face, no matter how big or small or how scary and terrifying or sad or tragic. He who is in us is greater. And that's who we need to put our faith in. And it's just a great reminder, too, that Jesus was just sleeping on the boat. Like, if he can rest in that sort of situation, we can rest in him. And another really cool example is in Daniel 3, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in Babylon. This is the time of, like, the exile. And King Nebuchadnezzar made this huge gold statue that he wanted everyone to bow down to. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not about to bow down to this huge statue. And they got in big trouble with the king. And they were taken to the king. And the king was furious. He gave orders to bring them in. And they were brought before the king. The, the king asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I've set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the drum, every kind of music, like he's playing all the music for them to bow down to this statue, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my power? So in this case, Nebuchadnezzar is probably the most powerful man on the earth. He's the king of Babylon. And these three guys are not listening to him. They're not bowing down and doing what everyone else is doing. And we live in a culture where it's very easy to bow down to all kinds of different things, whether that be social media, whether that be Netflix, whether that be coffee or your career or what other people think of you. There's a lot of things that we can bow down to in culture and just go with the flow of what everyone else is doing. But we want to make sure that we are first bowing down to the Lord and giving our hearts to him. And so the most powerful man probably on the earth at this time 
tells them, okay, you got one more chance to bow down. And what does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? Well, they reply to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of the blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. They had faith in him who is greater than the fire, greater than the king of Babylon. And they say, but even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Do we have that same heart that even when we are feeling the heat of those around us and culture and things that everyone else is doing, everyone else is obsessed with and worshiping in their own way, are we worshiping him that we can't see? Are we worshiping him who loves us and cares for us and wants the best for us, even when the circumstances around us don't make sense? And the things around us are chaotic. Are we trusting in him? Are we trusting in him even if he does not rescue us from the situation that we're in? Even if we get burnt up, do we trust in him? I have a few more questions just to think about as we're talking about faith. Do you feel like you're living in faith? Do your beliefs and your actions match Do you do what you say? Are you holding on to your own understanding? Or are you trusting in the Lord with your whole heart? Are you preparing for the land that is not yet seen? Do you trust Him even in the storm and the chaos you are facing? Do you trust that His word is good, that He always will do what he says do you trust that he is returning and taking us to the home that he is preparing for us my friends he loves you so much and even in this temporary world we're in we know we'll face trouble but we also know that he is with us thank you for joining us today on the podcast you can find us on instagram at life is hard god is good podcast you can join our facebook group I love when you rate and write reviews, letting us know what you think of um, what we're sharing and sharing with your friends. Hope you have an amazing week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.